0: No matter if points are gained or points are lost, there will be much to discuss. For analysis regarding tonight's Winnipeg Jets game, here are Dave Manuk, Ezra Ginsburg, and your host, Drew Mendel. The Illegal Curve post-game show starts now.
1: When opportunity knocks, do you answer the door? Or do you just tell them to leave it on the porch and you'll pick it up whenever you want to? Pittsburgh Penguins tonight took advantage of that opportunity. They heard it knocking, and they picked it up, and they said, thank you very much. The Winnipeg Jets, in their few opportunities where they could have picked it up, failed to do so. And as a result, the Winnipeg Jets start the post-All-Star break portion of their schedule with a very disappointing 3 nothing loss in Pittsburgh, a place that has been a house of horrors For Winnipeg Jets team is both 1.0, 2.0, and if you want to go way back, even the Thrashers, they sucked in Pittsburgh as well. (laughs) There's something to be said for consistency there, Mr. Manouk, in how the Winnipeg Jets perform in, I believe, Pittsburgh is western Pennsylvania, if I'm not mistaken.
0: It is western Pennsylvania. It's true. It's closer to Detroit, I believe, than it is to um, Philadelphia, interestingly enough, because I remember that from my Pittsburgh and Detroit 2008-2009 Stanley Cup's And uh, the fine folks, lots of folks from from Western Pennsylvania came to Michigan to see the Red Wings and Penguins play. But enough about that. And yesteryear, this is about today and what's going on with these Jets who now have been shut out, Drew, three times in the last seven games. They've scored a grand total of three goals in the last four games, outscored 12-3 to during that time. Twice, of course, shut out. Um, So... It's, it's look, it's not great. You can say you can hold on to some hollow victories and say, well, hey, you know, at the same time, the Jets, you know, they played well five on five. Well, you know, playing well on five on five is great. You got to score goals. This game is about, and look, I'll be honest with you. We looked at the lineup in advance of tonight's game and you don't expect them to have everything put together. I've been at, you know, Hockey for All Center the last two days and they've looked fine practicing together. It's all well and good to practice. It's another thing to take on a another an opponent who's hungry. I mean, let's be realistic. Pittsburgh mm-hmm. is a hungry team, and mm-hmm. they're they're even though they're they're currently out of a playoff spot, out of the wild card spot. Interestingly, they're closer to all, to third in the Metro than they are to the wild card spot, uh, which I think Detroit had on them coming into today's game by seven, and they think they were five back of Philadelphia, um, who I think won in. I should know my parents are at the game in Florida right now. They so, did. They won 2 1. Yeah. So they'll remain two uh, five back of, of Philly, who's in third in the Metro. But, the, but they have four games on hand in both Philly and on Detroit. So look, the, the fact of the matter is, Pittsburgh is a, a veteran team and they're a team that came out the right way. And the mm-hmm. Jets, they had the same, they, the, both these teams had the same amount of break. Both these teams had been off the same amount of time. So there's no excuse to say, well, these guys were arrested and we were not, or these guys have been playing and we were not. The reality what, for this Jets club, and they had some flashes, and we obviously are going to have to talk about the Brendan Dillon major because that was, as uh, Jamie McLennan oh. called it on the on the, on the the broadcast, the TSN game changer. Yeah, I'm not sure I'm actually trademarked, but regardless of whether it is or isn't, the fact of the matter is that was obviously the biggest difference in the hockey game. Yeah, there's no question about that, and
1: we'll get into it, of course, as we get into the uh, during the Betway game recap here on the Illegal Curve post-game show. I don't think I've said it yet, so i got to say good evening, Winnipeg. Good evening, Manitoba. And for all those joining us live this evening on our YouTube channel and all of our social media platforms, we say good evening, Universe, and welcome to the Illegal Curve post-game show. Drew Mendel, Dave Manouk with you here. First game back after the All-Star break. It is Tuesday. It is February the 6th. Nice to see so many of you here to talk about the Jets and the Penguins. Look, I know what people are going to say, and I understand why they're saying it. The underlying numbers for this Jets team in tonight's game, 5-on-5, were not bad. They, in fact, you know, they they had the Corsi advantage. They had the expected goals advantage. 5-on-5, the Jets, you know, played a pretty good hockey game the problem is and it's becoming more and more of a problem that you ha- that that you can't just lean on the 5 on 5 numbers anymore is that they lose in all the other aspects of the game and when you lose in all the other aspects of the game so so one uh, you know so decisively and it's such mm-hmm. a one-sided loss that even if you win by a small margin at 5 on 5 it doesn't overcome the pre- the, the the other defeat so that's where the Jets are at, and they're in one, and they're not in a good one. You know, it's not like a fun one <laughs> where they're you know, they're they're everything they throw on net goes in. This is a team right now that is struggling to score goals. It's a team right now that is that is just struggling, generally struggling. And you know, I'm not prepared to say that this is going to be like last year because I don't believe it will be. But right now the Jets need to find a way. They need somebody to drag them out of the muck, to drag them, you know, back into the way they were playing before. And you know, now that they're healthy, that's going to go a long way. Mm-hmm. So when you're in the muck and you can't score because Shifley's out of your lineup and you know everybody else is banged up or is just sort of finding their legs, yeah, I get that. Tonight, look, Mark I thought was a very good player for the Winnipeg Jets tonight. I think by and large, the Jets were, you know, their game looked similar to how it looked when they were succeeding. The problem is, you know, those are those are platitudes a little bit right now where they need to find a way to overcome that and actually perform on the scoreboard. And that's where this team has been struggling as of late, having now lost for the first time all year four games in a row.
0: Yeah, and and again, it's ultimately this is this is coming down to scoring right now, mm-hmm. and the excuses that you know we, that you could hear is that oh well we didn't have this person we didn't have that person. First of all, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but when Mark when Kyle Connor missed 16 games and they went 12-2 and two, they still scored yeah. goals. Yeah. And remember, they scored goals, even though he had think was would he have 17 or 18 goals at that time. I think it was 17, then he scored his 18th into the empty net when he came back against the Islanders, right. but regardless of whether it was maybe it was 18, 19, whatever, whatever it was. He hasn't been very good since he came back. I'm not even talking about Kyle Connor, though. I'm okay. just saying that the fact of the matter is that during those 16 games, the Jets managed to score some goals. Right. So, so you're,
1: you're
0: missing eleven your goals in the last eight games. I know that. I'm saying yeah. that the fact of the matter is you've scored you have all of these guys who can score, who your depth scorers who all showed up. And you know, we talked about it throughout the course of uh, that stretch where we're, you know, lauding the, plot, the platitudes on this team and telling them, you know, talking about all the pros that they had done. And then what it was it? it was the fact that they were scoring up and down the lineup. We were saying, mm-hmm. well, you don't need that top line to score when you get goals from X, from Y, and from Z. Now, the problem is, of course, is that when you're not getting goals from X and Y and Z or spend C, then you're going to be in a bit of a, a tailspin because ultimately your numbers at five on five can be great but as as Gordy said and, and I highlighted the comment I mean if you're not scoring goals mm-hmm. it doesn't matter it doesn't right. matter how well these moral victories aren't anything that you get to hang your hat on now you could say well you know we're we're in and, and again I'm with you I don't think oh this is the exact same thing as last year and right away mm-hmm. you go to that and say well that's what that is happening to this team but they've got to do something they've got to do something because right now they're not scoring goals. And it's not clearly, as you just outlined, Drew, not just now, not like the last day, not like, and again, time is obviously suspect because they had 10 days off between today's game and that game against the Leafs or nine ga- days between them, whatever it was. Yeah. So, you know, again, like we're not going to say, well, it's been three weeks because that doesn't matter. The fact that matters, you look at the number of games and for the number of the games that the Jets have been playing, they're not getting it done. And they're not getting it done on the score sheet. And so that's, and that's, and that's your big boys. I mean, look, you know, these, this is the reason why you pay Kyle Connor. This is the reason why you pay Mark Shifley. This is the reason why you pay Gabriel Velarde or, you know, you're going to want yeah. that big payment. Th- these are the drivers. Now, well, look, this is why you go
1: out and inquire Sean Monahan so that he is, you know, and, 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 and look, we're not laying blame on the, on the, on the, on the feet of these guys for tonight's result, but you do need these guys to, drag the team out of the muck like I was just saying you need these guys to you know generate your offense and I know that you know the Jets don't want to cheat defense for offense and I get that you know and and that's totally acceptable and totally understanding and that's what they built their success so far this year on on the backbone of that good defense but at a point in time 11 goals in eight games just it's not enough you need to find a way you were doing it earlier in the year so you need to find a way to get back to doing that uh and and you should it shouldn't be that difficult to do to be perfectly honest because Mm -hmm. you go up and down that lineup and the jets should be able to match up against all their opponents especially when they're healthy their 12 forwards should be able to match up you know when you have that fourth line and they had a good opportunity in today's game you know, Namesnikov and Ayafalo and Barron, that line should be able to outscore whomever they're playing against at five on five. And I think ultimately they will.
0: But the mm-hmm. problem
1: right now is, look at tonight's game. It's, it's really, it's a one-nothing game at five on five mm-hmm. and you give up the two, the two goals against the, the league's worst power play. You know, and, and, you know, yes, it's, you know, the puck is, is, you know, it's not like that was a beautiful Pittsburgh power play. I think the puck is definitely not bouncing the Jets' way because on both of those power play goals, and we'll get into it, you know, the puck takes fortuitous bounces for the Penguins. Sure, sure. But, you know, again, the Jets need to find a way to overcome that. They still need to find a way to, you know, get themselves back into where they are. I don't care how good your defense is. If you don't score goals, you're not going to win games. It's that simple. And the Jets right now can't score any goals.
0: No, for sure. And let's talk about the power play. Now, yeah, well, again, delicious. we're we're not, we're not going to, we're not, gonna, look, there was a very good video. I highlighted it today. If you didn't get a chance to watch it, obviously don't go right now because you're watching the show, I would hope. But if you get a chance, go watch the video uh, that I posted on illegalcurve.com. Uh, it was really good. It was on daily face off and it was basically about how Sean Monaghan in the bumper position mm-hmm. can really have an impact on, um, <laughs> why are you laughing? I'm just I'm laughing because Sean Monahan in, in the bumper position can if the Jets
1: could ever set up on the power play. When you for can't sure. set up on the power play, it doesn't matter who's playing in the bumper position.
0: Well, absolutely. So John Goins, who used to be a QMJHL coach uh, for, for a couple of clubs, he's now a TSN 690, play-by-play. Not, uh, he might be a color broadcaster. Yeah, he's an analyst for, for both the Canadians and the Laval Rocket games. And he went through the Jets' power play and why it is so stagnant, and why it has failed so often. And then he talked about Montreal's power play. Now, Montreal's power play was not good for a long stretch of the season. When did Montreal's power play get good? When they moved Sean Monahan into the bumper position. Now, it's not going to matter twofold. Number one, if you don't get that first line on, really, because they, I know that they drew the power plays, and so therefore they were not able to start. And, and you know, I do have... look ending games with the with the timeout in your back pocket you know maybe it would have been advantageous to call to, call timeout rest those guys up for 30 yeah. seconds and get them back out there for at least the second one because you're trying to get back into this game you need to do something you know mm-hmm. and so you've got that and and again they had zero shots they had zero shots in the first power play they had one shot on the second power play so this is a continued failure now again nobody expected and despite the video that that I referenced a few minutes earlier. You're not expecting Sean Monahan to come in after two practices with the Jets, right. and suddenly the power play is resolved of the issues that it was dealing with before because it's not going to be. But again, this is a team that just... they There's no excuse. And let me tell you something. What this team shouldn't be doing in February, Drew, is canceling practice
1: because... Uh, I, I, yeah, I, I disagree no, no. with
0: you on this one. I disagree with you on this one.
1: They're I, not I, playing I, any games. The you know i am going to defer to coach the coaching staff when it comes to practice time i'm that going to defer it. to the experts on this one when it comes to practice time they know when they need to practice and they know when they need to rest so i do think it's i'm going to i'm going to rely on their expertise in this instance
0: i'm that, just saying for the next stretch yeah this is something especially when you're trying to bring someone new into the system like right. tomorrow they're scheduled to practice in new jersey Right, yes, they are. Friday they're scheduled to practice in Winnipeg. Then they're off Sunday, which is Super Bowl Sunday. Right. I'm just suggesting that right now in this stretch of time, you could say, "Oh, these guys need a break. They need to get away from the rink." What? Like, sorry, we're talking an hour on the ice. Like the rest of the day is your day off. You need that time on the ice to work on this. They, they're five-on-five plays, fine. Don't do line rushes. Nobody's asking you to. But work on your PK. Work on your power play. That's what this team needs to do. Let's get into tonight's game. It's the Betway Game Recap
1: here on the Illegal Curve Post Game Show. The Betway Game Recap. Big thanks to our friends at Betway for their continued support of the Illegal Curve Post Game Show. Betway is one of the most trusted voices in sports betting, both in Canada and all around the world. Maybe you're looking to place a wager on the upcoming football game on Sunday. People have been known, I know, Dave, hold on to your hat, people have been known to place a wager on the Super Bowl. I know that is stunning news that everybody is going to have to take a second to recalibrate themselves when they hear that, but it's true, and we would encourage you, if you are going to make a wager, and we do encourage you to do so responsibly, of course, to use our friends at Betway to make that wager. So what are you waiting for? Maybe you like the Chiefs. Maybe you like the Niners. Maybe you want to be in Hustler's Good Books. Maybe you want to be in Hustler's Doghouse. Whatever it might be, head on over to Betway and bet your way. Must be 19 years or older to play. You knew it was going to be a bit of a slog to start this game. Both teams having had the lengthy time off and it was a bit of a slog uh, in the early minutes of tonight's contest but then the penguins and maybe this is a, a, a emblematic sign of the way the rest of the game was going to go dave m is that the penguins get uh, the early goal and it's really a bad bounce we talked about the bounce is not going the winnipeg jets way and this is another one of those examples it's chris latang he gets his fourth goal of the season it's unassisted Everything the Jets do on this play is right, is proper, is how it's designed to be. Morrissey going up the middle. I know everyone says you never pass it up the middle. Well, you watch hockey nowadays, folks. The breakout always starts up the middle nowadays because they're also they're they're pinching against the boards. It goes the pass is there to Lowry, it just hops over Lowry's stick. He's he's in good decent position for the pass. It hops over a stick, and Chris Latang, who's certainly a grizzled veteran at this point of his career, intercepts the loose puck, skates in, and beats Connor Hallbuck with the backhand. Uh, a bad bounce, maybe you can blame Madonna. She played in the, the arena in Pittsburgh. Maybe it was you know her fault that the ice wasn't very good early in the game. But whatever it is, it's one nothing for Pittsburgh on the scoreboard, Dave.
0: Yeah, and apparently she didn't get on till like ten o'clock, ten thirty at night. So uh,
1: Madonna's just... crowd, which I'm surprised about, Madonna's crowd is like in their forties and fifties. These people need to go home to bed. I mean, you know, I don't know, I don't want my concert starting that late. I'm ready to go to bed. You know, I like a good solid on time concert. You know, make it finish, make it wrap. Let me get home by about 10, 30. I'm going to enjoy it. I mean, Drew, I what are you talking
0: about? You, your last concert was Dr. Dre. I mean, you're, you're yeah, uh...
1: started on time and I'm going to ice and I'm going to ice cube at the end of the month and he better damn well start on time as well. Otherwise I'm going to be upset because I got a babysitter. I got to relieve, and I'm <laughs> old and I want to go to bed.
0: Fair enough. Fair enough. I think, you know, look, you're, you're looking at this play. And one of the things that we hear about now is for, first of all, you got to credit Pittsburgh. They had a great forecheck. And they attack the Jets and they pressure them. And the other thing is, there's the the, like Appleton is the is is for is is in deep, but then he's kind of caught in no man's land. And so the problem is, yeah, you're right. You could say, okay, that's where the the relief is supposed to go. And Dylan DeMello hands his (laughs) Drew sits down. That's definitely true, Stanzella. But you look at one of the things they talk about is don't hand off your problems to somebody else. And it seems like with DeMello, knowing that the pressure is there gets it over to Morrissey and because Morris, but the problem is with the is he didn't look back to see that Morrissey was also under pressure. So Adam Lowry, again, also caught in a bit of a no man's land. He's forced to reach cause he's not moving properly. So LeTang, he goes the wrong way. Letang goes the other way. And you're right. You got to give Latang credit. He's a veteran. He's played a few games in his day, but at the end of the day, I mean, the jets, were a bit under fire, right? I mean, I think it was like 4-1 shots at that point for yeah. Pittsburgh. It was and
1: was 7-1 early. Uh, it was 7-1. Seven, seven yeah, yeah. yeah, it
0: was 7-1, I think, halfway through the game. So we talk about the Jets. And, you know, I heard it on the broadcast. The first periods have been terrible for the Jets. It's been an absolute slog for Winnipeg. They don't give up a lot of goals, but they also don't score a lot of goals in that first period. So a lot of these, you know, you as he hates it when we say it, but a lot of low-event opening periods of play with these Winnipeg Jets, and that's uh, a bit of an issue because, you know, you can say, well, both teams, again, both teams were in the exact same position with the exception of one team was the visitor and one team was the home team. But from a scheduling perspective, they were both in the same scenario. And maybe going to Montana was what the Jets needed to do a la Sidney Crosby and take pictures of wolves and caribou or what, not caribou, I guess elk and moose and whatever Crosby was doing for a few days. Apparently that's what he was doing Why he missed the draft. Uh, in Toronto is because he was shooting pictures of wildlife. So uh, and not know if on... you... he was a cameraman. Uh, well, I don't know if he was a cameraman or more. Maybe he's a wildlife man, something after uh-huh. my own heart. But regardless, uh, that is where Sidney Crosby was. And, and maybe the Jets should have followed his lead because he knows a thing or two about success. But on that opening play, it's, just a, it's kind of a cavalcade of, of errors by the Jets and a good forecheck by the Penguins. And uh, unfortunately, the Jets handed off their problems one too many times, and ultimately ends up in the back of the net.
1: Yeah, and so the Pittsburghs got the early one nothing lead, and I thought the Jets found their game a little bit later on in that first period. I think it was that first period. Mark Scheifele had the good uh, scoring opportunity where he put had a Nikolai Ehlers. Nikolai Ehlers had the good opportunity, yeah. right. You know, Shifley with that strong net drive. I mean, I thought Shifley of, of all the Jets forwards today, I thought he was certainly uh, one of the most engaged, if not the most engaged forward for the Winnipeg Jets. I thought he had a a pretty solid uh, a pretty solid game for the Jets, uh, and and was yeah. dangerous. And well, I mean, he did score a goal, but it was dis it ended up not counting, which we'll get into in the third period. But uh, you know, I thought Shifley. Look. Uh, he didn't. Uh, ha- it didn't look like he was maybe ninety eight percent. He looked like he was back to normal. You know, coming off of the uh, off of the injury that cost him the last six games before the All Star break. So he had the the requisite jump and everything else that he needed to have.
0: You mean um, the you mean the day to day injury he suffered on January eleventh.
1: Yeah, well, you know, everything's day to day. I'm day to day also. Every day I wake up, I'm day to day. I'm never entirely sure if I'm going to make it or not. But you mean uh, David, you mean like
0: you mean like David Gustafson being on IR despite the fact that he's been in a regular jersey for like the last two weeks.
1: Well, you know what? Uh, I guess the rule, uh, you know, if if you're not cheating, you're not trying. I believe that was the old saying. Uh, yeah. Who was? I can't remember exactly which football coach that was. Was that Vince Lombardi? I'm not sure. But no, uh, we did. By the way, we just talked about that one in the last show. I think. Yeah, I know we did. I, I'm running out of material here. I got to start up. I got to get new material. Is what it boils down to. Uh, in any event, uh, you know, I see everybody's now. Uh, Eddie Guerrero everybody. drew. Well, no, I mean, I I think that was—I don't think he was the first. Eddie Guerrero was the first person. He's the the, the the wrestler was the first person to come up with that. That (laughs) was—that was it. Okay, fine. Uh, I'll play tribute to Latino Heat uh, in in that case. Anyways, one nothing for uh, the Penguins after 20 minutes. But from a Jets fans perspective, uh, you're not panicking you're not doing anything you're not worried at this point in time because the jets really started to play better in that second period and they came out and had a good strong opening shift opening couple shifts in that second period where i believe they almost got a almost the full line change in and pittsburgh was really mm-hmm. on their heels for a while and then and uh, you know the the tsn turning point as jamie mcclennan said dave it's a no-brainer it's brendan Dillon. he gets a five-minute match penalty for a hit to the head uh, of Noel achari and I don't think that it's I don't think there's malice involved in it but nope. you know intent follows the bullet as they say in the court of law and the uh, the bullet in this case was uh Brendan Dillon's uh Brendan Dillon's uh shoulder and yeah. the uh, and, and the victim or the you know was, was Noah Chari's head. Uh it's a clear yeah. it's it's the right call it's a 5 minute major uh and he gets the match penalty and he's kicked out of the game and the penguins are able to capitalize Took him a while getting going. I thought the Jets maybe yeah. were gonna, you know, it took him yeah. three minutes in the five-minute yeah. power play, you mm-hmm. know, to, to finally get going. But I guess to start with, your your thoughts on the uh, on on the on the hit, and, and do you expect that there's going to be additional discipline handed out as a result
0: of this hit? I mean, I'm sure they're going to suspend him for half the season because that's what you know. It's <laughs> completely opposite of what should happen. My guess is that he gets a one or two game suspension. Uh, wouldn't it be nice if you had Declan Chisholm uh, if you needed an extra defenseman in this time of need, but they do not uh, because of course he's with the Minnesota wild. So it looks like Logan Stanley time because uh, Villa Hainola is off in parts unknown right now on the AHL all-star break. Of course, I'm sure if he was told he was getting in the lineup, he'll be back as soon as he needs to. Dominic Tonato, of course has been practicing as the eighth defenseman. So I guess they've always got Dominic if they need to, but um, (laughs) if you, like my on initial my initial reaction without the benefit of replay, yeah. I thought that um I actually thought it was a collision. I actually originally thought that Dylan again, it's hard because Pionk is there almost like like a wall, kind mm-hmm. of set like almost well, like a screen. They're so sealing it, him off. Yeah, this, they're sealing him off. That's right. Yeah. And Dylan, it kind of had a feeling of like almost a and hit on stone, you know, you can see him coming through. And then I saw the way the way, and of course the helmet pops off. So initially I just thought it was a collision. If and then I was like, well, helmet. And it was going for, it was going for a hit obviously, but I thought I actually yeah. thought they just kind of collided. Uh, then I saw the replay and he's tucked in and he's, and again, the problem is Akari is big guy, little guy.
1: That's I, right. And he's uh, low. So,
0: I mean, like, yeah. do I think there's a significant amount of intent? No. Do I understand the, the call on the ice? I do. Do I think there's supplemental discipline at most two games at most two games? I mean, I'm sorry. Like with some of the stuff, some of the, yeah. some of the things we've seen from player department of player safety, whatever this, their name is, I can't see it being more than two games. Like I just, it would, it would be unfathomable. And I understand he's got history, not recent history, but he does have history in it's terms of just, suspension, but he's,
1: but he's not considered a repeat offender.
0: Cause the no, I know he was a, suspended yeah. was
1: like six years ago or something.
0: Yeah, no, no. That's what I was gonna say. It's been a long time. So it's not something that it's like, you know, it's there, it's on the record, but it's not recent. So I I can't see it being more than two. Mm -hmm. I really can't. I I wouldn't be shocked if it was one. I would be shocked if it was none because they'll say, oh, we got to get these hits out of the game and yada, yada, yada. So my guess is it won't be zero. It won't be more than two. So I'm saying one (laughs) or two. So if
1: it's not zero and it's not more than two, then okay, you've narrowed it down pretty well. One or two. I, I, I think that it's a... It's the it's a it's the proper hockey play gone bad. You know, D- Brendan Dillon is stepping up here like he's been taught to do. Like the Jets have had such great success with their defense is stepping up in the neutral zone. And you know, Achari is five ten, and so if you're listed at five ten, that probably means you're closer to five nine. And we know how big Brendan Dillon is, so it's just mm-hmm. you know it's almost once you commit to to laying that hit, there's almost no target for Brendan Dillon to hit on the Achari that isn't his head. And that's sort of just an unfortunate reality of big guy, little guy. It's, you know, Brendan Dillon probably physically can't get low enough to deliver that hit Mm -hmm. to a spot that isn't Achari's head, you know? And so as a result, it's the right call. You know, in that you know, he definitely got him in the head. And he definitely was a headshot, and chari was in a bad, you know, was 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 hurt, and we saw it. And we hope that you know, uh, you know, we hope that he he's you know recovers quickly from this one. It's just the reality is that probably, you know, I don't really fault Brendan Dillon for stepping up in that case, but at the same time, you also even though it's really easy for me to say it's you almost want him to have enough realization as to who he's hitting the who he's lining up and trying not to deliver the hit in that instance because there's no good result for that hit for the Jets you know it, it's a really difficult play for all mm-hmm. involved there's no malice this isn't Brendan Dillon is a physical tough player but Nobody has ever thought of him as being particularly dirty. He plays a physical brand of, uh, 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 of defense. Mm-hmm. It's just a bad result all along, all around. And, you know, look, the Penguins, to their credit, their power play, which has been much maligned all season long because it's been terrible, uh, mm-hmm. is able to you know get off the schneid on this one and get two goals. They get the first goal to make it two nothing. Uh, at the 7:33 mark of the pa- of the second period, so it's three minutes and 18 seconds into the power into the five minute major, and really up until this point in time, the Penguins had looked pretty terrible when it comes to uh, w- when it comes to their power play. But this one, it's Jeff Carter getting his sixth of the year, assist to Lars Eller and Eric Carlson, uh, and again, I don't think that this is. I think this is more fortuitous than anything else, Dave. Carlson Mm -hmm. has the point shot. He's just trying to sort of get it towards the net. And then Lars Eller, his deflection is almost so – it causes a changeup. And Nate Schmidt, who's the defenseman who's fronting Jeff Carter on this one, is sort of uh, handcuffed by the changeup of Eller's stick hitting the puck. And it goes right to Carter and Carter makes no mistake in tucking it behind uh, Connor Hellebuck. Yeah. Nate Schmidt is probably in a pretty good position here. It's just that Eller gets enough on it that it sort of redirects and knuckles through him. And once the defenseman is fronting the player, as we know you front, they front all the guys. Now once that puck gets through, well then it's just player versus goalie. And in this case, Carter defeats Hellebuck.
0: Well, Carter has been uh, a good, a pretty good scorer in his in his career. He doesn't have those two Stanley Cup championships by accident. But, I, I mean, first of all, he makes a nice play. He makes a veteran play because what does he do? He gives uh, Nate Schmidt a nice little cross-check from behind, moves him out of position, gives himself that separation. Yeah. And you're right. The puck is – I mean, Nate Schmidt's focused on the puck. The puck changes direction, so it yeah. handcuffs him. There's no question about that. But, again, if he's tight to Carter, then at least he can tie him up. But Carter – Again, because he's a veteran, does exactly what he knows that he gets space. So he cross checks him, not in a sufficient amount to get a penalty, but enough to create that opportunity. And it's just a a good luck or puck luck for the Penguins because the puck bounces right to him and he beats Connor Hellebuck. So, um, I mean, look, the Jets had played a really nice PK to that point. Um, as you, as we talked about, that's over three and a half minutes, not three and a half minutes, but over three minutes of PK uh, on the five-minute major. And we knew that was going to be the tone setter for this game. Right. If the Jets managed to get through that, which again, through three minutes, they looked like they were okay. If they get through that five-minute kill, that's a, here's here's a captain obvious for you. That's a very different hockey game. Or even if they just get through that kill, giving up one, quite frankly, if they just managed to, to, re- to limit Pittsburgh to one, and, and you know the folks are putting it in the chat are talking about how Tristan Jari's been a jet killer, and obviously his numbers are very good. But ultimately, you you got to look at this, um, you know that that chance, and and you give the Penguins credit because they executed it well. And the Jets PK, which had been humming along, relatively speaking, I know that they gave up, would they give a one or two against Toronto? But whatever
1: it was, yeah, something like that. After it sort of got out of hand there, I think.
0: Yeah, but 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 ultimately, the fact is that they had been. Um, They've been doing well and and they give up that one. So you're like, okay, well, it's an unfortunate play, uh, but you credit the Penguins for executing their game plan because that's what they did.
1: Yeah, exactly right. So the Penguins take advantage of that, and they're up 2-0. And then a minute and 30 seconds later, they make it 3 nothing. This one is Brian Rust uh, getting his 12th of the year assist to Jake Gensel and Sidney Crosby. And again, it's another sort of fortuitous bounce that the Penguins are able to take advantage of. Crosby is, you know, he really fans on it. I mean, you know, we've seen Sidney Crosby, you know, look, Sidney Crosby's still a fantastic hockey player. But he really does sort of just sort of fan on this shot. I know that he probably wasn't intending necessarily for it to be. uh, It's almost hard to know what he was intending on this one. It works out to their advantage, but I don't know if he's intending it for. It wasn't. Let's put it it this way. It wasn't a fan pass. <laughs> right. You know, I don't know if he was if he was planning it on it for as a as a slap shot or a slap pass, but he doesn't get all of it. Yet it still somehow ends up on the stick of Gensel at the side of the Jets net. And now everybody's scrambling because they're coming out to play it and, and it's lucky. I mean the penguins were lucky on this one again in yep. that a, a flub ended up in a good position. You know, and you you make your own luck. So I'm not taking anything away from them. But the flub of Crosby ends up on Gensel's stick, and he's able to tuck it over to Rust, and the Jets are just out of position because they're they're expecting it to not be a flub and mm-hmm. it's three nothing at that point in time and it's you know to the i guess to the flub goes the uh, gets the privilege and in, in some cases sometimes the flub ends up in the back of your own net uh you know when, when things happen poorly but sometimes when things are going well the flub can help lead to a goal for your team and in this case that was one of those instances
0: yeah, look, I mean, and you, nobody cries if, if a team has puck luck and, and if you get a fortuitous bounce. I mean, that is the way hockey is. And the Jets sometimes during that, I'm sure during that 12-2-2 stretch uh, when Cal Connor was injured, the Jets, I mean, I'm not going to recall them right now because I don't, but I'm sure they were the beneficiaries of more than one or two of those types of bounces, Drew. So, I mean, it it happens in the course of an 82-game schedule, uh, unfortunately for the Jets, it happened twice for the Penguins in in a critical time in the game because really the Jets had a really good start to that second period. So that was the the unfortunate part of the Dillon penalty was right. that it really disrupted the rhythm that the Jets had started to create. And actually, they really, I should say, were creating it to the end of that, from the midpoint of the first to the end of this, the first period and then into the second. The Jets really had started to come on and they'd started to you know not i'm not saying they're dominating but and you outlined some of the chances that whether it was the fourth line or Ehlers line or or even the Shifley line had created but ultimately there were the second period really had one or two ways to go and unfortunately for the jets with that power play or the major penalty they they were really you know up against it and and yeah that that second third goal felt like it was the death blow in this game Right. It did feel like this was a, like the Jets just didn't have enough going on. They didn't create enough throughout the course of this hockey game that you felt like, okay, they're scoring four goals against Tristan Jari and these pens just didn't seem like it. And as I've said, we've gotten a pretty, pretty good uh, feel for this team over the course, as do most people in this chat, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, through, through the last, you know, well, I mean, obviously the last, whatever it is, 13 years of covering them, but specifically this team, uh, of course, And yeah, I mean, at that point when it's three, nothing, I don't believe they even gave up how many shots did they? I think they almost held Pittsburgh without a shot for like a full period. It felt like, I think, I think from the, from the midpoint of the second until like late in the third, maybe they gave, maybe they gave up one or two shots against, I know they started the third third period uh, on a five Oh run. Um, So I know that they were, you know, they were able, I think it was, I can't remember the shots at that point. I think it was 19 to something in favor of the penguins to start the third. But the Jets, the Jets definitely controlled the play. They just couldn't get, couldn't beat Jari, and they had some chances, right? But you know, that power play goal by by Rust was was to me was kind of the uh the death blow of, of this for this game because it just felt like a, a two goals in that power play sunk them. And and look, you're not gonna say that, that was I know I saw some people say, Well, this is the third straight game where they're down to five. Defenseman, right? Because Morrissey got hurt, uh Dylan got hurt, and now Dylan gets ejected. So it's three straight games where you're playing with only five. But uh, the guys, when we've been talking to them after practice, during either it was during that stretch or before, or just you know before they left for Pittsburgh, they talked about this opportunity. Guys don't mind it. Guys like the extra ice time. Guys like <laughs> you know when they get you know an extra five, six, seven, eight minutes in a game. They're not. It gives them more rhythm. So sometimes, again, you don't want to play. 10 games in a row which now is the third game drew but the but the truth is again this is a huge big enough gap that I don't think anybody was winded after having to play uh, a few extra minutes in this game. So uh, it, it is un- a, it is a bizarre occurrence that they've now gone this many games in a row uh ha- losing a defenseman in each of those
1: games. I mean that's
0: memo to Rick to Rick bonus go 11 and 7 next game just as a way of <laughs> just to countering keep, uh, that yeah just to keep
1: to make sure you have an extra defenseman there It is sort of bizarre in, in that case and look the jets uh, as we talked about they had a couple power play opportunities they had the late uh, power play opportunity in the second period that if you get a goal there maybe something good happens cuz you're you are playing decent at 5 on 5 uh, well the answer to that was absolutely not Tristan Jari, as a goalie usually gets called for holding not something you <laughs> typically hear but uh, in this case in this weird game uh that it was tonight tristan jari got called for holding and uh obviously that goal nothing came of that and then ryan graves took the interference penalty nothing came of that and the jets you know had mark shifley's goal counted so shifley scores you know what i'll describe as relatively early in the third period. It wasn't, you know, with uh it wasn't in the back half of the third period. And the way the like, Jets had been
0: was it six minutes in?
1: Something like that. They're, yeah, about six minutes in. And the way the Jets have been playing at five on five, you know, then 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 maybe you know something could come of that. But clearly, unfortunately for the Jets or the Jets fans, uh the the goal is disallowed because of the offside. Uh, And then the Jets aren't able to get anything else past Tristan Jari. They had some opportunities. Uh, Adam Lowry had a chance in this game. I mean, Mm -hmm. Vlad the had a couple chances. We mentioned Ehlers. We mentioned Shifley Uh, chances, but no dice for the Winnipeg Jets as they drop a three nothing decision tonight in Pittsburgh against the Penguins. The Jets look to get off the schneid and get back into their scoring ways coming up on uh Thursday night against the Philadelphia Flyers in the city of Brotherly Love, a place that has had some weird Jets games. We all remember nine eight mm-hmm. uh, back in the day. Season with, one, wasn't uh, it? Was that the first season or the second Pretty season? Pretty sure I maybe mean, you might be right. With I it was Galov the first being lost in the woods and Pavlik yeah. and yeah, that was uh Electricity. Yeah, that was one of the most memorable Jets games. Did Andrew Ladd get know. the game winner that game? I think so. I remember the Jets had like a three-goal lead that they blew, and then yeah. th- then they came. Did they come back and tie it, and then win it, or did they just come back after Philly tied it, and then the Jets won? I can't remember. If only there
0: was some way we could figure yes, out. If
1: only we had internet at our disposal. I don't know how we're broadcasting the show without internet. It looks like hey, the Darwin says it he was at that game. It was October twenty
0: seventh, two thousand eleven. Wait, Darwin was in Philadelphia. I guess so. I mean,
1: I presume wasn't I'm not It wasn't in Winnipeg, wasn't it? Well, it wasn't in Winnipeg. That's for sure. Yeah. It was in Philadelphia. So Darwin yeah. must have been at that game.
0: Andrew Ladd did have the game win. Uh, boy, good memory by me. Andrew Ladd did have the game winner, with one oh six left in the third period. Assist to Blake Wheeler and Brian Little. James Van Rie- Riemsdyk had tied the game. Mark Stewart scored. Uh, he had made it. I guess eight to six. <laughs> <laughs> no, That's crazy, or no? Was, yeah, crazy. no. Yeah, he made it eight seven. Sorry, and then uh, and then James James Van Riemsdyk tied it eight all uh, about twelve minutes later, and then Andrew Ladd. Should we break down that game, Drew? I mean, that game was a lot no. more a lot more exciting, and there were a lot more goals. So, and we could at least give away the shot of the, the Seagrams well, shot of the I was game say- because it's never too late we didn't have
1: a seagram shot of the game back in 2011 so we might as well give it to andrew ladd for scoring the 9-8 winner (laughs) back in 2011 he gets the seagram shot of the game the seagram shot of the game big thanks to our friends at Seagrams for their continued support of the Illegal Curve post game show whatever Seagrams product you're drinking maybe Fireball like yours truly maybe Seagrams VO Seagrams 83 whatever is uh, fan- you fancy on uh, your night of libation you can get it at your local Manitoba liquor mart of course and Please drink responsibly. Big thanks to our friends at Seagrams for their All continued right. support.
0: Here's a little here's a little trivia. Who are the three stars in that game?
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh Two I'm Jets, guess one, it wasn't
0: Pavlik and, and Brizgalov. Two Jets, one Flyer. The Jet okay. scored yeah. the first goal ever for the Jets 2.0. Uh, Nick Antropov? Okay. He was the first star of the game. Okay. The Flyers <laughs> star yeah. was is currently the GM of the team. Danny Briere, and the second star of the game was a member of GST. Well, I, that narrows it down to I have 33% chances of getting this So Here fight. we go. I've given you two uh, easy ones. Here's your, here's your hardest one. Uh, and I'll give you, oh, I'll tell you the reason he was a star. He had one goal, two assists in that game Want a clue. Uh, well, I mean, you've given me a lot of clues. I got
1: 33% chance. I mean, uh, you know, you know, the, I'm going to go with Jimmy Slater wrong okay well then he's <laughs> from saskatchewan uh that would be tanner glass correct Okay, there you go. There we Now we're back down memory lane, talking about a 9-8 game. If that's the score on Thursday night, the Betway Game Recap will last about four hours. Yeah, hey, so it'll when, be fun. When, <laughs> it'll be something, all right. Uh, this was the Betway Game Recap, brought to you, of course, by our friends at Betway. It's simple, fun, and safe to bet with Betway. So head on over to Betway and bet your way. When you come, When we come back on the Illegal Curve post-game show, more on tonight's Jets-Penguins game more whatever nonsense we come up with. And of course, tough duck, hardest hitting comment and good stuff like that. Don't go anywhere. Drew Mandel, Dave Manuk. Thursday night. It is the illegal curve post game show this Valentine's Day
0: heart shaped pizzas are back at Boston pizza
1: on February 14th share your favorite delicious Boston pizza with the ones you love your locally owned Boston
0: pizza will donate one dollar from every heart shaped pizza sold to the Travis Price Children's Heart Center and the Children's Hospital Foundation of Manitoba to order call
1: 925-4111 this Valentine's share the love with a heart shaped pizza from Boston pizza guys ever wish for a game changer in life like finding out your favorite snack has zero calories or discovering the mute button on ezzy picture this a secret weapon for parking where you can book a spot a whole month in advance tell me more drew pre-book your parking at really low rates or maybe even for free if you use the code illegal (laughs) curve free what is this sorcery The Grid Park app. It's a real secret weapon that has affordable game day parking. And to sweeten the deal even more. I love sweets. Our listeners can use the code ILLEGALCURVE to park for free. Holy Zamboni. Tell me about it. Just download Grid Park, G-R-Y-D Park, and use the code ILLEGALCURVE, all one word, to park for free.
0: The game can change Ah! just like that. Accidents happen when you aren't protected. So now what? Getting to your injury quickly can make all the difference. Help prevent them from being game changers with Linden Market Dental Center. Bonding, crowns, bridges, and dental implants. State-of-the-art treatments are available to help you get back in the game. To learn more, visit LindenMarketDentalCenter.com. Creating smiles for life. Your co-workers love you because you always make them laugh. You're the life of the party with stories that have them rolling on the floor. Or maybe you're just the quiet one in the corner with the one-liners that just slay. Do you have what it takes to become Winnipeg's funniest person with a day job? Try your luck. Hit the stage at Rumors Comedy Club and you could be walking away with $1,000 cash. Winnipeg's funniest person with a day job. Presented by Rumors. For all the details, head to rumorscomedyclub.com
1: whoa ezzy everything okay you look stressed of course i'm stressed we're moving the house is upside down the kids failed miserably at packing the fine china and my life is in chaos chaos yes that does sound like a problem
0: what am i going to do ezzy relax Rolly's transfer moving and storage is the answer with 60 years of experience in moving manitobans and a track record of exemplary customer service One call to Rollies and your stress is gone. No job is too big or too small. Just visit Rollies.com and they will take it from there. Thanks, Dave. And thank you,
1: Rollies Transfer Moving and Storage, online at Rollies.com. For three generations and over 80 years, Tough Duck has been making apparel that works and plays as hard as the people who wear it. From jackets to work boots and everything in between, Tough Duck's clothing can handle the harshest environments. Even the Illegal Curve hockey show. Work to live, live to play. Visit Tough Bottom of the hour, 9.30 Central Time. It is the Illegal Curve post-game show. Drew Mandel, Dave Manouk with you on this Thursday night. It's not Thursday night. Tuesday night we will next be with you. On Thursday night, I'm getting a little ahead of myself, but uh, you know what I meant. Uh, Tuesday night, tonight, Thursday night, two nights from now, Jets and the Philadelphia Flyers will do battle. It ought to be an interesting one as the Winnipeg Jets look to get off the schneid. They are not able to score goals as of late, and that's something that is certainly going to need to change. Because the Jets need to score goals in order to win hockey games. That's how that thing works, Dave M. So it uh, ought to be something that the Jets are looking forward to trying to put the puck in the net.
0: Well, that's, that seems that seems like pretty good logic there, Drew. So I'll, I'll go with you on that one. I, the one thing I want to point out, and I think it's worth noting, the Jets were winning. The Moose were losing. 11 straight for the the Moose in terms of losses. The Jets, you know, continue to win. I think what, they have like two losses. Yes, it's December 10th. But now the Moose are winning and the Jets are losing. Moose have won four of five. I'm not turning this into a Manuk Moose Minute because it's the AHL All-Star break. The All-Star right Star break, for God's sake! Well, there's <laughs> nothing to talk about. I could talk about Brad Lambert's uh, goals in the All-Star game if folks no. want. But... We, have a, we have a clear,
1: uh, the illegal curve constitution yeah. clearly states there shall be no analysis of anything All-Star game related, be it at the NHL, AHL, ECHL, SPHL SHL KHL <laughs>
0: uh, I can keep going uh, levels all right fair enough so no but I mean the, the fact is that it is interesting just to see that they are uh, t- reversing course right now and both teams are, are switching things up but uh, well it'll be interesting and I guess on that note drew because we didn't mention it to start the show uh Leonons and of course placed on waivers the Jets had to make a move when yeah. they uh, put when they put took Mark Shifley off of IR so they put Axel janssen Fielby. we weren't sure. And to be honest they were treating it like it was a state secret as to who was going on. As if it was like, like guys, we know it's either Dominic Toninato or Axel janssen Fielby. It's pretty clear, as I detailed earlier, uh, David Gustafson will be on IR for the next 12 years. So he's not going to be made available. But yeah, I mean, look, they put Axel Janssen-Fielbi on waivers. We'll find out tomorrow at 1 o'clock Central whether he gets claimed. I can't see him getting claimed. He has yeah, two goals, two goals, three assists in 26 games for the Jets. I mean, look, maybe a team wants to give him a shot, but I mean, I just don't see it. Um, so we'll see. He'll most likely, my guess is, play his next game for the Moose in Grand Rapids when they take on the Griffins on Friday night. So uh, worth noting, though, that the Jets, like I said, are healthy with the exception of David Gustafson. And you know now the big question is Sean Monaghan and and you know just in terms of the interest in in what what did you see from him in his first outing in the Jet? Because I'll just quickly say what from my perspective, yeah. I, I the, and one of the things like I said that um, I thought John Goins did a really good job of outlining, and again you can see that video on illegalcurve.com, was how deceptive he is. And if you watched, and I and I noticed it in the first period, mm-hmm. you don't so watch for reg- about- his. Yeah, and you don't watch where his eyes are because he's he's already seen where he's going to put the puck, and and he's just got a very good talent in that. And I just it, it's deceptive, and that was the word I used to describe him. And that was kind of my takeaway watching him through this game. And of course, we're not just solely watching him, but in his first game in a Jets jersey, that was kind of my takeaway was he's very deceptive. Uh, obviously, won a couple of faceoffs, so that's a good thing. But uh, that was kind of my overall takeaway from Sean O'Nahan in just his first game with Winnipeg.
1: Well, here's what Rick Bonus had to say about Sean Monahan. He played 15:26 tonight. He had one shot, one hit, won 60% of his faceoffs. "Quote: I liked his game. He uses his wingers well. He makes really smart plays with the puck," said Rick Bonus. He's reliable again for his first game. And after a break, I'm very happy with his game. What I'd say about the Jets, which is interesting, is they seem very even keel with tonight's result. They don't seem uh, not that I'd expect them to press a panic button or anything else. But, you know, losing Mm -hmm. four in a row, something that no team really wants to do. It's not unprecedented, by the way. It doesn't mean you don't succeed. Vegas lost four in a row last year. So, you know, Colorado. So did Colorado. So it doesn't mean you can't win the Tampa Bay. You you can't go far. not,
0: Not in the 56 game season, but when Tampa Bay won the previous one.
1: Yeah. They lost four in a row, so it happens. So again, it happens. It's a long year, uh, but the Jets, I do, they seem very even keel. Obviously, they don't want to lose five in a row, so it'll be interesting to see how they can bounce back on Thursday night. But I just thought that was uh, an interesting aspect of it. I know fans are always more likely to press the panic button than uh, than anybody else, but uh, interesting to note that that's sort of how the Jets are are reacting, and that was what Rick Bonus had to say. About Sean Monahan's game tonight. Look, I think ultimately it'll be a good acquisition for the Jets. Uh, you know, to expect him to step in immediately and be a uh, be a savior or a world beater is not is not a you know not reasonable. But he's a good acquisition, I believe, and I think he'll eventually seamlessly fit into that role for the Winnipeg Jets.
0: And he'll um, get those guys more ice time. That's the thing you well, want to get.
1: You want to get Ealers and Perfetti. Ealers having more ice time. I mean, they, you know, yeah. And I know and, that it's broken record and everything else. And, you know, Nikolai Ehlers must be one of those guys who, you know, from the fan's eye view, they want to see more from him, but from a coach's view, for whatever reason, they want to see less of him on the ice. They think well, more. They think less is more uh, uh, when it comes to Nikolai Ehlers he had a, he had uh, and, f- and his deployment.
0: He had a few passes I don't love. Like, he had a few of those, like, blind, no-look passes that are almost a little more hope than they are, um, you know, guaranteed, in tonight's game. And and there are a couple of instances where he needs to shoot the puck. Uh, I mean, th- that one, when he was coming in, he had all sorts of time and shoots wide. It's got to hit yeah. the net there, but like, look, he, he's a solid player. I just want to answer. I think um, we had a question in the chat about waivers and, and you know, if there's a number of games, the the reality is that if you get, if a player gets claimed off waivers, he has to stay with that team and the team has to keep him on their 23 man roster. If they want to send him down, then he yeah. becomes, uh available for any other team to claim him including the team that lost him on waivers can claim him and if they're the only ones then they're allowed to send him directly to their ahl affiliate so um in case you're wondering in terms of axel if for example he was claimed by chicago for example and they decide well we try him for three games we don't like him and they put him back on waivers if the jets claim him and said they you know they're the only ones they can send him back down to the minors Right, without having straight to the minors without him having without to having to put game. him back on waivers. Yeah, right.
1: Time will tell on that front. I would expect that he's going to clear as well, but who knows? Stranger things have happened. Uh, certainly, uh, uh, you know, throughout the NHL in the course of an NHL season. Let's wrap up tonight's post game show as we do on each and every post game show with the tough duck hardest hitting comment. The tough duck hardest hitting comment. Big thanks to our friends at Tough Duck for their uh, continued support of the Illegal Curve post-game show. I'm going to give the uh, Tough Duck hardest-hitting comment tonight to Styles T. Uh, I'm not... I, have, I, have, I don't believe I've seen Styles' T comment before, and if I'm wrong, then I apologize. But I thought uh, they had they had a number of good comments in tonight's uh, post game show. This one: luck is setting yourself up to be able to bury a chance. The Jets had ours, had chances, they just couldn't bury them. Lowry point blank definitely was point blank. Kyle Connor shooting five feet over the net. Velarde stood around waiting for passes. Wants to see more, but the, at the same time thought that the jets when they had the opportunity uh weren't able to bury them so congratulations to styles t for tonight's hardest hitting comment please send me an email drew at illegalcurve.com dot com and our friends at tough duck will hook you up with a toque you can also slide into my dms on twitter at ic drew Lots of post-game coverage is on IllegalCurve.com. You know that. Dave's Dave's little all-star break time off, even though he's still been able to churn out the content, it's now back to the, uh, the well, grind. The games get heavier this time of year, Dave, which means your content on the website needs to get heavier as well.
0: Well, I can tell you right now, Drew, unlike uh, anybody else, we did not take any time off yesterday no. or Sunday. We were on, and I got to tell you, people liked it. I, I can't believe how many people <laughs> checked out that uh, Sean Monahan first media availability as uh winnipeg jet last i checked there were over thirty thousand views on that video which is uh significant for the ones we post but look i mean he got a lot of new eyes and ears on uh, our channel which is always a good thing and uh, i don't even think there was any other teams that we posted it all yesterday we had the jets media availabilities they were immediately in the practice report within five minutes of them being concluded uh yeah. which is probably ours if not well, it was at least hours before anybody else had them. So, uh, IllegalCurve.com, of course, your source for Jets, Moose, and uh, pro hockey news, generally speaking, in Manitoba. So, uh, keep coming to us, and we'll keep churning it out. That seems like a fair trade-off. You keep coming, and we I, keep producing. And I want to say, though, sorry, as a quick aside, the one comment I want to make with respect to the Monaghan video, because it was significant, I thought, I couldn't get over how many people from Montreal were mm-hmm. coming into the into the um, onto the video and leaving very positive comments about the player. And not only that, they weren't just people from Montreal. It was also people from Calgary as well. So there was a lot of love for number 23 uh, left for him in that video. A lot of people saying, you know, you got this player, you got this player. If you didn't get a chance to check it out, you can check it out. And the other thing I posted on the website today, which is worth checking out is uh, he did a podcast with former Winnipeg Jet, uh, Tim Stapleton and uh, former Montreal Canadian, Chris Knuckles-Nyland, the Raw Knuckles podcast, and that one is, that actually was recorded before he got traded, but it's kind of a good uh, pick. It's about a 35-minute chat with uh, Sean Monaghan, and it talks about his time in Calgary, his time in Montreal, and gives you a little insight into the player. So if you didn't get a chance to check out that one, check out that one, and like I said, check out that uh, John um, Goyen, the uh, former QMJHL coach, he was on Daily Face Off talking about impact that Monahan could have in the bumper position on uh, in the bumper position on the Jets power play. So check out those two videos on a little site called Rob Mahoney, illegal There you go. Rob making it for those in the podcast,
1: Rob making the standard. Oh, we didn't know there was a website joke. But yes. The <laughs> website is there and goes strong as well, you always. might,
0: you might not know, but tens of thousands of others do Rob.
1: There you go. Big thank you to all of you for joining us tonight on the Illegal Curve post game show. Big thank you to all of our sponsors, our friends at Rumors Restaurant and Comedy Club, Grid Park, be sure to use code Illegal Curve to park for free. Our friends at Linden Market Dental Center, Zapia Group Realty, Betway, they sponsor the post game show. Tough Duck, Boston Pizza, details coming about the next Boston Pizza live on location, live broadcast at the end of the month. So be sure to stay tuned for that February 29th. Uh, our friends. At Seagram's, of course, Rollie's Transfer and Farmery Beer, home of Illegal Curve Logger, support these fine businesses because of their continued support of Illegal Curve Hockey. We're next in action Thursday night. It coincides with the Jets schedule. I don't know if you folks have figured that out yet. When the Jets play, we do a post-game show. So post-game show will be at a similar time, right around 8.30 p.m., give or take a couple minutes, on Thursday night. So we look forward to that. In the meantime, please smash the like button if you haven't already done so. Subscribe to the website. Uh, Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Leave us feedback here, there, and everywhere. Want to know what you guys think about the Illegal Curve post-game show. We also ask you to tell your friends, tell your family the best place to be. After each and every Winnipeg Jets game. And again on Saturday mornings for the last 15 years was is the illegal curve.com YouTube channel. Thanks to everyone for joining us for Dave Manuk. I'm your host, Drew Mandel. If until Thursday at 8:45 p.m., we wish you good night and good luck. Thanks for watching the Illegal Curve post-game show.
0: Thanks for listening to this broadcast from Illegal Curve Hockey. For more great Illegal Curve content, subscribe to the Illegal Curve YouTube channel, follow at Illegal Curve on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and visit your online home for hockey in Winnipeg, illegalcurve.com.